You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome to session 17. I feel like this is going to be a great session to kind of get an update from last time. Obviously, we didn't record last time, and so Sabrina has some updates here that I think will be really, really helpful to dive into. And then I also think one of the things that will be very useful in this session is really hearing how we're talking about pricing, how we're talking about the return of investment she's gotten and the consistency that she's had. I think this will be really, really useful to just be a level set on. These are things we talk about at every level. The conversation might look different at each level and you know what, what pricing we're talking about for Sabrina might be very different than what it looks like for you, but having the pricing conversation is something that's always there, right? Needing consistency is something that's always there. And so being able to think about not just the way we're talking about them with Sabrina, but applying these concepts to you at every level of your business, no matter where you're at, it's really important. And I hope you use this session for that. Hello. Hello. How you feeling? Good. How was your weekend? It was very fun. Yeah. We did a dinner party, went to a dinner party on Saturday night, which was Clyde's first time in someone else's house. And we also went on a road trip yesterday. So that was fun. So good. And he's such a good little boy. Yeah, he's doing really well. He can walk down the stairs by himself now. (laughs) They grow up so fast. Way too fast. So tell me what's going on. Um... Some big team changes since we last spoke. Yes, moves have been made. Moves have been made. Yes. Content is getting out and going well, which is great. Loved your vlog. Yep. Last week, we didn't record the session, but what I was going to say on the session is we sold three millionaire spots in 48 hours. So good. Was that like 105K in 48 hours or something? I don't know the exact math, but I think it's like that 110, 120. So good. Yep. So that was good. We also have a lot of new accelerator clients this month and we're doing well. So something I want to name here is how Sab's mentioned making 110K in 48 hours, right? And what I really want the takeaway to be is that shit can work even when things are tough if you've built the right foundation, right? So obviously, you know, she's had some team challenges and different things like that. But at the end of the day, like that doesn't have to stop her from having really successful sales days or really amazing results, right? And I think that's what can feel really tough in business is it feels like if something else is going on, it's going to mean I can't get amazing results. And when you can just see that both of those can coexist together and that things do not have to be perfect, for you to get amazing results. It is so freeing and it it ultimately frees you up to actually be able to show up for and get those incredible results. So really just wanting Sabrina to be evidence of that for you, that you can have amazing, incredible, absolutely killer results and things can still feel tough, but with the right foundation, your business can continue to thrive. Are you doing well? Yeah, I am. Feeling back in it? Yep. The only thing that's annoying me at the moment that I have to figure out is Airtable has a storage limit that we have now hit for our content Mm -hmm. bank. Mm -hmm. So we have to decide if we want to move to enterprise pricing, which is $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm probably going to do it just because I feel like the cost of moving the content bank elsewhere and changing all of our SOPs might not be worth it, but we'll have to see. I need to get more information from Airtable on what that looks like because sometimes they won't even sell you the license because you're like, oh, you don't have enough seats. What if it was just like still in Airtable, but like we just like took old content out every time we added something new in? Like, does that feel reasonable? 
No, I feel like it just defeats the point because like what we want is to have everything in one spot and it all be tagged. So like what we could do is we could take the video files out, which mm-hmm. is probably what's creating the biggest thing, uploading those to Google Drive and then linking the files into Airtable. But the thing is, they don't tell you what's eating up the storage. They just say, oh, you're over the limit. And it's like, okay, but how? Got it. Got it. And you, do you even know what the limit is? The limit is 20 gigs and we're currently at 28 gigs. Oh, okay. That's pretty significant. Yep. So the other thing I thought about is like breaking it up because I've got like everything in there. So I was like, maybe I could separate out the reels into their own base and the podcast into their own base. But then that eliminates our ability to link everything to the calendar because we need it all to be in the same base. I know that there's ways to like sync it across bases, but that I think is just too complicated. So I need to get more information, but I have to make a decision there. I mean, obviously get more information. I think that like 10,000 is obviously quite steep because it's not just a one-time expense. It's a yearly expense at that point. So I feel like if Mm -hmm. there are other solutions, it's worth looking into. But yeah, if not, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, if our whole thing is going more all in on content as opposed to like ads, which obviously we're doing both, but if we're going to input that much into content anyway, then maybe I'm just going to eat it, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, keep me posted. I will. Okay. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. You look super pretty today. Oh, yay. You look pretty too. Yeah. We match. We do match. Do you just want to talk about how I look pretty today the whole time? I mean, that's usually what the sessions are when they're not recorded, which is why (laughs) last week you were like, hey, ambush. I really needed a break last week to just hear about how pretty I was. So now I'm fine. But yeah. 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 Do you want to talk launch? No, I think things are like overall like smooth and like falling back into place. The other thing that I was like surprised about is my podcast has absolutely blown up. I mean, I know that you're not supposed to say this, but what am I about to say? Something annoying. I don't know. I told you so. Yeah, whatever. But like, anyway, like my podcast, it's just moving to two episodes a week, I think was a really big move for us. I think even just like the consistency of it, right? Like I think that even when it was at one, it was blowing up. I think people just like really like your audience loves consuming your content in that way. They love learning from you in that way. Like, yeah, it has been like that from the beginning. I think it was just about like actioning that consistency, which you have down now. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy just like how much it has blown up, I think. And then also like all the applications we're getting, And all the signups we're getting, they're definitely coming from the podcast is like the big takeaway. Yeah. And then also just like I'm starting to get all these messages from people who are like, I listen to your podcast every week. Like I know everything about you. I'm like, whoa, cool. So that's been really nice to see and just makes me want to get back in the studio more consistently. I had a meeting with my video team and we're going to start video recording all the podcasts. Yeah which I'm a little bit annoyed about because I usually go in looking like a gremlin. Um, But I guess we'll just like have to get over that one. Yes. I think that's a get overable thing. Yeah. So I'll get over that and I'll just figure it out. But yeah, I mean, like in the last 60 days, like we're up 30% on the podcast and like that just keeps being the case. Like it just keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I think one of the places where our numbers really came from is we started pushing like Spotify listeners a lot more. Like we had previously really been focused on Apple, but now Spotify has really taken off. And I would say it's like 60% Apple, 40% Spotify. Which is so big and so different comparatively to what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a learning curve, just keeping up with that. Do you think there's like an opportunity since we know that's where most like applications, et cetera, are coming from of like, since you're so far in advance recorded, like going back and doing some clip-in stuff for like whatever you're presently selling at that moment. I've thought about that. The other thing I've thought about is just putting out like little two-minute bonus episodes, just saying like, hey, hope you're having a great week. Just wanted to let you know what's happening over here. Like how you can work with me right now kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's weird or annoying because I've never seen anyone else do that. So this is what we're talking about when we're saying like just knowing what's working in your business can be so useful because it's not just like, oh, that's working great. 
It's like, oh, that's working. What can I double down on there? What can I do to leverage that more? Right? When something is working, it's not just like thumbs up moving on. It's like amazing. Where are opportunities here? So knowing that everything is coming from the podcast means we can lean into leverage what's working there, right? So are we get, we can add those mini episodes. We can do additional clip-ins with calls to action. You know, we can really go, hey, everyone is listening here. Are we telling them what we need them to know? Are we selling to them enough? Are we leveraging everything we possibly can in this arena? And so just let this be kind of evidence, like yours might not be a podcast, it might be something totally different, but there is so much power in knowing what's working and then going deeper on that thing instead of just trying to fix what you perceive to not be working. The fastest path to results is leveraging what's already working. And so being willing to lean into that will help you every single time. Like I've only ever really seen bonus episodes be used for like random ass episodes. Like, oh my God, there's a pandemic. Here's what to do. Or I've seen that for trailers, but I've never seen it for like standalone promos. I think it would definitely be helpful. I also think that because people are so used to like that consistency from you now of getting multiple a week, I actually feel like that wouldn't be that big of a jump. So I think that would probably Mm -hmm. be worth doing. But yeah, I think it's just like, how are we leveraging that audience more? And like, let's just test it. I think that's easier from an execution mm-hmm. standpoint for you. So I would probably start there and then we could always do clip-ins if we don't see like as big of a return from that. I mean, I think you don't want it to like make downloads go down, but I don't really think it will at this point. Yeah. I also think it's just like really helpful for people and you could even frame it like this. Like even if you don't want to buy this thing, it's really helpful for you to listen to this just to hear someone pitch, like to hear someone like actually sell something to your mm-hmm. how someone's talking about their program. Like I think even that is like a useful, valuable thing for people to listen to. Yeah. So I can action that. That's not going to be tough at all. But yeah, it's just, it's really crazy. I think how well the podcast is doing and then our email list is up 20% as well in the last two or three months. I mean, I think what you're just seeing is like the fruits of your labor, right? Like you've been super consistent with the podcast. You've gotten back into being very consistent with like email CEO confessions. Like I just think that you're seeing the return on that investment basically. I have fallen out a little bit with CEO confessions, but I'm getting back into it. Like this week? Yeah. 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 Like, is there one ready for this week? No, but I only have like three, four hours of work this week. So Mm -hmm. I've set some time aside to go to my members club and just write content. Okay. Can we do the one that we were going to do last week but didn't do? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's easy. I'm not worried about that. And even so, like we still have consistently at least two emails a week going out. Yeah. And we have for months and months now. And I think it's just good to be like, And we want to keep that up because that like, it's like what you did months ago is what you're seeing the impact of now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So I want to talk about that. I, I think one of the hardest things about entrepreneurship is that you often see the results of what you're doing much later. So Sabrina is seeing that return on the consistency investment that she's put in and she's seeing that impact now. But she wasn't seeing that impact when she first started being super consistent. Like this is a delayed result, right? And I think that's what makes entrepreneurship so challenging for some people because we think it's gonna look like action result, action result, action result. And it almost never looks like that. (laughs) And so it makes us second guess our actions or it makes us stop taking the actions because we think they're not giving us that immediate result that they're supposed to. But when we can see that entrepreneurship often looks like action, 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 result, action, action, result, right? And so on. Like that's when we can really give ourselves permission to go, oh, I'm putting in an investment now and I'm going to see the value and the impact of that play out later. And I'm willing to play the long game on that. That's when shit gets really good. But that initial lift of having to be really consistent before the results consistently show up from that is tough. But when you can name that and know that and intentionally work past it, it's amazing what can happen from there. Okay, so what do you feel like you need to be focusing on right now? We are spending a lot of time right now focused on creating some more like SOPs around content distribution and working on my team with that, which they're doing really well with. 
and just kind of passing all of that over, which is nice. Just because with team changes, that process is going to look a little bit different moving forward, but I think it's for the best. Okay. But is that you or is that, what are you focused on? Um, I'm focused on supporting my team with that. I'm focused on onboarding a lot of new millionaire clients and then also just getting over this launch. Getting over it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so not the vibe. <laughs> it's a certified vibe. Okay, say more. Um, yeah, I just want it behind me, I think. Okay. Because? I just feel like it's kind of dragged on longer than it needed to. And that's not really how I like to play in the quantum field, Lacey. Oh my God, no. Don't. (laughs) Don't do it. Yep. So. Okay, so what do you need to do to wrap it up? I mean, I feel like realistic question. I think we've got a plan and the plan is being executed. So we're there. So I'm not worried about that. And you can stop with the sassy face because I've answered this question from you like eight times before. And you're like, oh my God, but that's the point. Why do we keep having to have the same conversation over and over? And be like, oh my gosh, Lacey, stop. You're so annoying. You're going to be like, Sabina, you're uncoachable. Good. I don't even have to talk. You just do the rest of this episode. I know. I'll just wait. You let me know when I need to jump in. You're welcome to jump in whenever you want. This is your party. I'm just here. Thank you for the invitation. So are we going to talk about that or are we just done talking about that? I think we're just done talking about it. Okay. So I want to name here Sabrina being kind of done talking about the launch. Like, obviously, there's part of me as her coach that really wants to dive into that. But also, what's really more important here is that I'm letting her lead this session and discussion a lot more than I normally would. I wouldn't always do that. I mean, certainly the client can lead, but I would certainly be um, more apt to kind of push on something or push on a particular topic, but it feels really important to me that she feels good and comfortable sharing today after taking a break last episode, right? So my intention today is for her to feel like she can fully lead and show up in the way that feels good and know what her boundaries are and know where it feels good to share and not share and what's the story that is hers to share on literally and what someone else's story that we're being really intentional to not share on literally. So if this feels a little off or it feels like I'm leaned way, way, way back, that is totally on purpose. And so I just name that to say that there is not one right way to show up as a coach. And there is maybe a time where you would show up in a certain way and a time where you would show up in another and being willing to kind of be multifaceted in that way and think about the person in front of you and what they need, not just in general, but at any given moment is really, really useful. And I think having the presence to do that as a coach is one of the most valuable and important things we can give our clients. And so just really wanting to invite that permission for you here too. Yeah, but I I think I overall feel good. It was definitely a crazy couple of months with Clyde and I just feel like now I'm past the craziness and I finally have like the space that I've wanted to again. Okay. So I'm going to be annoying and ask you the same question then. What are we doing with that space? Like you told me little things, but like, I think like, what is like your big picture focus? Like, yes, you have to onboard clients. Yes. Finish the content thing. But like, what, where are we going? What are we doing? What is Sabrina like really like? site set on now. I think I'm going to spend a lot of time focused on podcast and wealthy. Mm -hmm. I think that is kind of the next thing that I want to tackle is just like doubling the size of the program in the next like two months, let's say. Okay. So that feels really good because at this point, Millionaire is just selling itself through the podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm getting half a dozen applications every week at this point. So even if I only take on like four or five clients a month for that program, that's still, you know, six figures, multiple six figures each month without doing much. So I think the piece I want to focus on more is wealthy, yep. which that I think is going to come from the live launches and the mini programs. Yep. Agree. And just being front facing with content. So I've worked on experimenting more with real strategy a little bit lately, and I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah. So another thing here that's so helpful is that, you know, when we were talking earlier about the podcast, right, 
what Sabrina was really meaning there was like millionaire was coming mostly from the podcast, right? So that's what she's kind of sharing with us here. Like millionaire signups are coming very predominantly from the podcast. So we're going to obviously leverage that. And then signups for a wealthy woman are coming from live launches and mini programs. And so knowing that data is everything, right? Again, back to what we were talking about earlier, knowing that you can leverage what's working versus having to be like, why aren't we getting more, you know, like millionaire sales from mini programs? Like that's not a problem, right? But you can see how someone could make that a problem and obsess over that and try to be fixing the problem versus leveraging what's working. And so again, I just really want to be an advocate for that. And I want this episode to show that is that there are a million problems you could quote unquote fix in a business sometimes. Like, could we be like, how do we get more leads for wealthy from the podcast? Sure. But like, that's not a problem in her business right now. Could we make it a problem if we wanted to? Could we, you know, kind of like chase our tail on that? Sure. But like, it would be a lot of wasted time, energy and effort. We know the two channels that are working best and we know they're working really well to fill the program she wants to fill. And so being willing to look at the data, see what's working, leverage and double down on that is where her biggest results are going to come from, but also the, the most amount of ease for her, for her team, and also the most amount of profit because we're doing the thing that's easy and leveraging that instead of trying to recreate the wheel and spend a ton of money on stuff that isn't gonna make a difference. So know this in your business, not just like, oh yeah, a lot of people are like my podcast. Like, okay, from your podcast, what are they typically buying, right? Or people always love our mini programs, amazing. What are they upgrading into the most? When you can drill down into that detail and know those things, you can make the smartest business decisions and create way more profit because of it. And that's exactly what can happen here. Okay, so what what is like mini program wise, what's coming up? Like if we know that's what's doubling wealthy, what do we have on deck? So spring starts, let me see when does spring start? Spring starts March 20th. March 20th, okay. So that would be like kickoff for Rich Girl Spring. So okay. like that will probably start early March. I think we talked about either high ticket sales queen or we talked about become a mastermind millionaire, something like that, that we were going to do this month. So we'll kind of squeak that in, finish up the launch this month, and then just kind of get back to the normal pacing that I was doing the second half of last year, where we had something kind of like every three weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do rich girl spring though? Yeah. Because like, I feel like rich girl spring people are not wealthy clients. I feel like they're millionaire clients. Is that true? I think I'm going to do it a little bit different this year. I think okay. I'm going to do it a little bit more like lifestyle oriented. Okay. You know, like here's how to roast a chicken and set a table. <laughs> Paper plates are not a table setting. <laughs> you know? The things that people need to know. But it's also the things that people like ask about the most for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. Well, it's like what you show. It's like how you live and they're curious about that. Yeah. So I think it's going to be like a fun program for wealthy and it's not going to be a high price program, but it's more so just going to be like a lifestyle experience, habit setting type program. Almost like come behind the scenes with you more than like last time was yeah. more like, let's have these conversations. And this almost feels like come behind the scenes and I'll show you something, which is like a little bit different. Yeah. So I think it'll be a little bit different, which I'm excited about just to make it more of like a fun, chill type hangout program. Okay. So I think that'll be fine. Yeah, we have about 35 mini programs ready to go with like title sales pages and graphics. So let's decide between Mastermind Millionaire or High Ticket Sales Queen for this month because that has to happen like now. Let me just look at our base camp because I dropped them all in there a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. I think I said this one or this one. So I just don't think we decided. Yep. I think I want to start doing more like specific things. Like I think we had talked about doing... Something on recurring revenue, mm-hmm. 10K May will do. So that will launch in April. You had said either irresistible or high ticket sales queen. Okay. I think I want to do something on content planning soon as well. Cause I think that will be helpful for the women in the wealthy woman program. Yeah, for sure. I don't even really give a shit if other people buy it, but I think it'll be good for them. Can we do May on that? Maybe I might want to do it sooner though. Like I might just do it for them. I might not even 
invite anyone else or sell a seat okay. to it. Or I'll be like, I'm doing this in three days for my clients. If you want yeah. it, buy it, here it is. Okay, done. Content bonus. So that feels good. And then sold out sales in terms of when I'm going to do that. I need to figure that out because I feel like it makes sense to maybe pair high ticket sales queen right before sold out sales. So maybe sold out sales in June or May. Maybe do high ticket sales queen May launch in June. Mm-hmm. Want to do that? Yep. Okay. So then we're going to do irresistible now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just had a podcast go out on like how to hit six figures this year. So we have assets created for the six figure roadmap, how to scale to 10 K months. And it's like all foundational stuff. So I might even just do that one. Cause that one pairs in so well with wealthy. Okay. What's that one called? The six figure roadmap, but I guess I could like come up with a cuter name. How to make a hundred K easy. <laughs> Straightforward. Dumb. I mean, yeah. yeah, I would just, I actually like that. Yeah. And then we also have one ready to go that I did live in 2021 that we haven't done since called Making Millions Masterclass, scaling from six to seven figures. So I could even like sell those as a bundle and do them back to back and use that to segment. But we'll see. But I'll put all that into a calendar and figure it out. I think like what you need to do for now is like the, the absolute quickest thing. Like you really have to get this out in like three days. I wouldn't do anything that equals a bundle or whatever. Okay. Like the only something that is done start to finish right now. Okay. Yes. Agree. Yes. All of this is done start to finish. Not the bundle. No, but to bundle it, I would just say, yo, developer, make this a tripwire. Yo, team, make this a bump order and thrive cart. I know. That would be fast. No. Okay, fine. Whatever. Annoying. Bye. Nothing that stops the momentum happens right now. Well, the good news is that since I was a monster last year and I just like crushed everything organization-wise, like everything is ready to go. It's yeah. just me sometimes being a little bitch and not pressing play. I know. But we're not allowed to talk about that today, right? Um, I'm working on it. Okay. I'm not a little bitch anymore. I was a little bitch for a while because I thought it was really good content for the podcast for people to learn that superheroes <laughs> bleed too. <laughs> You're just doing everyone a public service by being yeah. a little brat. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's like such good evidence because people are going to be listening at home with their popcorn like, Sabrina, get the fuck out of your own way. And it's like, this was like all Inception meta. I showed you <laughs> what you need to see within yourself. You realize you sound like a psychopath, right? Always. Good. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So pick. What are we picking? Six-figure roadmap, how to make 100K is what we're picking. I think that one. Okay. I feel like that feels fun for me right now. And okay. I think it also is like the clearest upsell into, well, I think they're all good upsells into wealthy and it's not like people are going to take one and then they will buy. Like it's, they're going to take a lot of them and then they'll be like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Exactly. Yep. So we'll do that. Okay, done. Mm-hmm. All right. What's going on team-wise, support-wise to get this done? I know you're having a conversation. Yep. Last week with someone. Yep. So there have been some changes on the operations side of things, which is I no longer have an OBM. And there's still a bit of runway toward that time transition. So just working on kind of like moving everything over. And I already had like a backup plan anyway just given everything that had been happening the last couple of months, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. if something changed, what would I do? So that felt a lot better knowing that I know exactly what I would do. Yeah. So just kind of passing that stuff off. So six figure roadmap, we already have opt-in page thrive cart link and automation emails and all the graphics. So like that I could do myself in like 45 minutes, but I might ask, my VA to do it for me. Why don't we just ask her to do it for you? I will do that because I know that's the correct answer. Okay, good. Can you just do it right this second? Mm. No, because I have to record a loom to explain the objectives and outcome. Okay. Can you do it right the second that you get off this? Well, right the second I get off this, I have a coaching kickoff call with a new millionaire client. 
But after that, I can do it. Okay, great. Mm. Yep. I think just point being, don't fall back into doing all of this yourself right now because that's the worst outcome of this is that then you take all of that back on, get overwhelmed, and want to say fuck it. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I hear you. So just let's make sure it doesn't. Okay. Deal? Deal. Great. Not on your plate. On someone else's plate. Mm -hmm. Correct. And if there is not a plate to put it on, then we need to get someone else in. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Which I know that's like in the works too, but just reminding you, this does not all fall on you. No, I know that. But yeah, so lots of things in the works and just figuring it all out. So sometimes the easiest thing to do when things in your team shift is just to take it all on, right? I feel like, especially for us kind of like high performers and control freaks, like that always feels like the best move is just like, okay, fine, I will do it myself. I got this, I will take this. Like I'm sure so many of you are nodding because like that just can be our default, right? And listen, are there extreme times when that has to happen? Sure, probably. I mean, sometimes the business just has to keep running and things have to get done and so, You know, if there's not someone else to pass that to, it is on you. But what's really true is that it can become a bad habit too quickly, and it can really take us back into resenting our business too quickly too, right? And so, yeah, sometimes when team shifts, especially if that leaves us feeling kind of like unsteady or ungrounded if like a big team member is stepping out or not showing up in the way they need to, does it feel easiest to take it all on? Yes, is that? gonna feel better in the moment 100%, but it is such a short-term solution to a much longer-term problem. And if you keep trying to solve it by always doing more, your business is officially bottlenecked and you can't grow. And so just wanting to name that if you're going through that transition or if you find yourself constantly kind of being the catch-all to be like, let me fix it, let me take it on. Yes, it makes sense in your brain and your brain is probably going, this time it's different, I really should do it. But at the end of the day, you almost never should because it becomes a bad habit very quickly and it becomes the thing that stunts the growth in your business very quickly too. So just wanting to name that if you're going through a season like that, as much as it might feel good, it is usually not the best solution at all. All right, what else you got? Mm, I don't know. I might be going to Australia next month. Okay. I don't have tickets booked yet, but that might be happening. Okay. The kind of determining factor there is whether or not Clyde is old enough to go to the borders that we use with Bonnie. So we'll see. Because he really is just, he's just a baby. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Okay. I'm making some quiz funnel updates this month, mm-hmm. which I look forward to implementing. And I will probably be dropping a lot of questions around that into Basecamp as I start digging into the specifics. Okay. And I have decided to turn Legacy into my private coaching program. Okay. Which once those spots get filled up, let's say there's like three or four clients, then at that point I will open up maybe like a once monthly or once quarterly mastermind session for them all to participate in. Okay. And... I think I will launch that soon-ish. What's soon-ish? Six to eight weeks. Okay, and you want to take three at once, or you want to just do like one? I think I'll start with maybe like two or three, because I definitely have the space for it. Um, and then I'll probably cap it. I would definitely just do two. Okay. I feel like... Again, just like on the not swinging where then you're like, oh my God, why do I have this many calls and this many people? It's not worth it. I would just like try to like slowly get yourself on board. Yeah. So I have like three and a half calls three times a month. So I don't think I will lose my shit, but I'm open to the possibility that it's going to be a lot in the sense that there was nothing and now there's something. Yeah, I think you just don't love like knowing you like have to like have a fuller calendar or be there at a certain time. I think sometimes that's like feels intense. So just like not taking yourself zero to that, like I think is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the space is there doesn't mean like the mental space of that feels like an easy jump. Yeah, I think it does at the moment. So I'm looking forward to it. 
I think one thing I do struggle with is I'm starting to feel like I'm cheap. Like I was always the highest price coaching packages and mastermind packages. And I remember like when we dropped Wally mastermind, like it was inconceivable to pay that much. And like, now if we charge that people be like, Oh my God, it's basically free. So I think that's the only thing, like when you see people charging like $400,000 a year for private coaching, I think that's extortionate, but also it just, I think has kind of like skewed my perception of like pricing a little bit. Cause I've barely touched my prices in like three years, four right. years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've kept my prices pretty stable and I'm happy with that. And there's like a strategic reason for that, which is I want my clients to keep re-signing with me. So I don't want to charge them something that they can afford for like six months, but then never again. Yeah. Cause they're too busy playing catch up to like pay back down their credit cards, which I think is what happens with a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just kind of like fucked up my perception of like what to charge for private coaching. Also just cause I haven't done it in so long. Yeah, totally. I think it's almost like, what's the goal, right? Like, I think you were saying, like, if the goal is just like one time, like super intensive thing, that's one thing. I think if it's like, what is reasonable for somebody at this level to commit to long-term, I think it's a totally different conversation. And I also think like, you have to really price off of what feels good to you, which is kind of always what you have done even when you were higher priced. It's not like you were looking mm-hmm. at the industry and being like, how can I make sure I'm the highest priced? Like that just right. was what made sense for you at that time. So I feel like you almost have to like go back to that because I agree. Like I think pricing has gotten so out of control and so inflated. And I think like trying to be like, what am I in relation to that just doesn't make sense or work anymore. Yeah. So then I might just kind of make that decision independently in a silo, not looking at anything else. Exactly. I think you almost have to do it like, you know, the reason you closed down inner circle was because the amount of time, energy, and effort for the amount of money you were making Mm -hmm. from that just completely stopped making sense. So I think you have to look at this from that perspective. Like if this many hours are going to go into it, Mm -hmm. what amount makes sense so that that starts to rival the other things that I'm putting time and energy into. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that's where I start to feel like an asshole because I literally would have to charge $250,000 a year for it to make financial sense. Otherwise, I would make more money just doing what I'm doing. Right. So I think that's your your question then. Do you want to charge 250 k because that's the only thing that makes sense and that's where it's actually going to feel good for you? And then like the right person takes that and if someone doesn't, they don't? Or do you want to do it for other reasons than what makes financial sense? And is that giving you something different that's worth it? Yeah. I think I just don't want to have like a third group program slash mastermind anymore. Like I'm really happy keeping it to two now. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think I would charge 250 just because I would only be able to work with clients making already seven figures, which that is who I want to work with anyway. But I think that just really narrows my prospective client pool. What do you mean? Why? If that's who you want to work with anyway. I don't know. I think that's just not the number. Like, I know that's the number that makes sense, but it's not necessarily the number that, like, I want to charge. Like, I think I'd rather charge a bit less than that. Yeah, which I think is okay. I think it's just what you don't want to do is then find yourself in the position that you were with inner circle. I know that was like so much more dramatic. So it was different scenario, but you know what I mean? I don't think Mm -hmm. you want to get into this and then be like, wait, why am I in this thing? That doesn't make sense to me. Unless you feel like you very intentionally chose like to be in a thing that isn't the most whatever perfect, like numbers falling in a spreadsheet kind of thing. But it's just like, cause that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're getting something out of this that feels really good to you right now? Like, what is that that makes it worth it to go lower? Um, I really like working privately with clients. And also the results are just always like really fast, which I enjoy. And I think I'm looking for some new little challenges and some little baby birds turn them into, you know, endangered bald eagles. (laughs) Okay. So what if we said to Max, like, it doesn't have to be so many at once if it doesn't make sense, but can two people like give you that fulfillment you're looking for there? Yep. That'll give me the crack high I'm looking for. Perfect. Let's give you the high. Yep. 
So I think something really, really important when we're pricing is knowing what the intention is, right? So for example, is it about what the rate would have to be to make sense? You know, like we're talking about with Sabrina where it's like, okay, her rate would need to be at X amount for it to make sense to spend X amount of time there, right? Or is it about other things driving it? Like where it might be for her just about the excitement of doing one-on-one or the fulfillment of that, or, you know, the value of getting to dive in in that way and have that kind of perspective and content, et cetera, right? Knowing this is what makes it feel good when you're in it. So when you're thinking about pricing, I think it's so easy to kind of just be like, oh, I'm just supposed to price in that way, or I'm supposed to be at this amount, or it's supposed to look like this, versus being like, it's priced at this because X, like because there is intention behind it. So it's priced at this because it's the only thing that makes sense in terms of time and energy exchange, fine. I'm pricing at this because it's what makes sense in terms of like how much I want to dive into this and feel good doing this. It's priced at this because it's what makes sense for that, you know, client and that market, right? Whatever it is, knowing your intention behind it and feeling like you went into that fully and clearly, knowing there are trade-offs of that is so important. So like the trade-off of Sabrina just pricing it at the value of her time compared to other things might be that it is much higher than many people are going to want. And so, you know, maybe she only has a couple spots and could that still be okay? Like, is that trade-off still good? Or, you know, pricing it in a way of it not being a total match with her time, but being really fulfilling. Yeah, the trade-off is then it's not a total match for her time. But like, again, that can still be okay. But I think that sometimes with pricing, we forget to think about the intentionality and the trade-off behind it. And so then when we get in it, we feel really frustrated. Like, you know, we're resentful that it's at a certain amount or we feel like we should have gone higher or whatever. And so just wanting to name that with your pricing, like it's not about are you pricing at the amount that Sabrina is or whatever, that's almost irrelevant here. It's, are you bringing intentionality to it? Are you choosing your trade-offs with intention? And are you feeling really, really good about it so that when you're in it and when those things come up, you will know you chose that on purpose and with intent. So what's the price? Mm, I don't know. Maybe like 180, 150. I don't know if I should do it for six months and then do like 100K for six months or if I should do 12 months, but we'll kind of see about that. But I feel like that's kind of the range that I want to play in for now. Why would you not do a year in that scenario? I'm down for a year. I've always done a year and that's always been the right call for me. Yeah. I think especially if you're doing a year and like lower level stuff, it makes sense for like that to be a year long commitment. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but like, I think it makes less sense for it to be like, Hey, at this level, you have to commit to a year, but at this level of six months, like I think it for sure should be a year at that stage. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So can we decide? Mm. I feel like it's better for the podcast drama not to decide today so that they have to tune in next episode to see what happens next. Kind of like a soap opera. You want to leave it on a cliffhanger. I think they'll be okay. I don't know. Maybe 200. I feel like that feels like a fun challenge because I've never been, I have made that several times from multiple clients, but like over two or three years, not in one year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, also like at that point, what's the difference between 180 and two? You know what I mean? Like if that is what yeah. makes it more worth your time and stuff. Like, I don't think someone's like, oh, I'm going to, I was going to do it at 180, but I won't at 200. Like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Okay. That feels like a fun challenge. Okay. Two. At two. Mm-hmm. For a year. Yep. Sales pages started on that, right? Sales pages started. Branding has started. The only thing is like my vision for the branding. I don't have brand photos that match that, but I can get that really quickly because my photographer, Jill, I can just have her come in. But you know how like Millionaire Mastermind's very like black and like dark and like moody. I want legacy to be like the opposite, like bright white type of look. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, I've died and gone to heaven and this is the lobby. That's like the vibe for the <laughs> sales page. Okay. Obviously, there's not a rush, but if you do want to launch in six to eight weeks, I would get those. Yeah. I do have some like all white photos where I was like wearing like a white t-shirt and white jeans, but my hair was parted the wrong way to make it look poofier. So I'm not sure if I like that. 
Also, I feel like white t-shirt and white jeans aren't like the lobby of heaven vibe, you know? No, it was like a very 2019 vibe, but in 2023, I think yeah. it's what the kids call chuggy. Mm. So, yeah. Get rid of that. Yeah. So we might have to change that. Paul told me that if we have kids, the kids are going to think I'm chuggy. So I'm not sure I want to have kids. This is your reason right now. Well, the thing is, I consider myself to be the coolest person I know. And I also very much enjoy being the coolest person that everybody else knows. So I just feel like if my kids thought I was chuggy, that would really be a big problem for my identity. I think the good news is you have like years until they think that. Like I think until they're like, I don't know, I have not gotten there yet. What, like seven, eight, nine, ten? I don't know. They think you're like the coolest person in the world. So you'd have like years to work through that in therapy. Yeah. That would be exciting. Maybe. We'll see. Seems like not a big enough barrier. We'll see. But you also have a new baby right now, so I that do. box has been checked. The other thing that's really weird is I now have officially lived in Scotland as long as I lived in Bali. That is super weird. Three years in Bali and three years in Scotland. So now I'm like, I think we need to go somewhere else. It's also like a big identity thing for you. Like Bali was such an ingrained part of your identity and who you were for so long to like have that kind of catch up is weird, right? Very, very strange. Yeah. But yeah, so now we need to do something else. So I told Paul that we might be moving to Paris. So he's so thrilled about that as I'm sure you can imagine. Yes. Also, I feel like maybe what you need to be doing is just traveling a little bit more before you make any big moves. Oh, that's the one thing I didn't tell you. I made a 30 before 30 list. Oh, yeah. Because I turned 29 in two months. Yeah. And I remember like a couple months ago, I was like, I cannot imagine myself old. I now have gray hairs and I love them. And like, I can finally like imagine myself getting older. Okay. You know, I think just like people with traumatic childhoods, like they're kind of like inside, like forever stuck at 15 or 17 or what the age is for them. So... Yeah. My therapist says that when I got, I told her I got gray hair, she congratulated me and said it was wisdom. So I was like, I like that. I love my gray hairs. But yeah, so I have a 30 before 30 list. Are you going to send it to me? I can. I'm still curating it a little bit, but it's got some like cool things on there. You know, like drink a Guinness in Ireland, Nile River Cruise, Oktoberfest, things like that. Yeah, I feel like you really need to, like, scratch that travel itch more. Like, you think don't mm-hmm. – I mean, you can move, but, like, you have a lot of shit now, so that's not quite as easy as it used to be. But, like – Right. You just haven't, like, let yourself, like, go, like, live that life lately. Yeah. I mean, for, for specific reasons, but I think it's still worth leaning into. Yeah. So I think there's going to be some more of that coming up, which I'm excited about. I'm also very excited to turn 30 and start my 30s. 30s are good. Yeah. Really good. I'm excited. I also haven't dyed my hair in two weeks. I have a big like existential life crisis because I have a hair appointment on Thursday. And I'm like starting to get annoyed because when your hair is really long like mine, it takes like half a fucking decade to get the whole head back to the natural color. So I'm like on Thursday, do I just get a cut or do I be like, give me some highlights Hair bitch, you know, I don't know. No highlights. Mm. Yeah. You've been working on this. But mm. like darker ones so that it's not as blonde at the bottom. But yeah. I oh, so like blondes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm just trying to Fair. figure out. But my friends say that it looks good as it is right now. Like the ones who can actually see it in person, which I do agree with. But then also I'm just kind of like, I wonder if I should take a different strategy here. I say no. Stick to the plan. Okay. Yeah, well, that's going to be fun. But it was also fun that, like, just as I'm starting to grow my hair out, the grays come in. It's a sign of your evolution. I know. But, yeah, I, th- I have, like, this whole new rebrand coming when I turn 40 where I'm going to be, like, a silver fox. <laughs> you know? And I'm going to lead women into midlife. And it's going to be really fun. Look at you planning a decade out. But, like, wants to fight me on planning <laughs> six weeks in advance. Yeah. If you want to win at chess, you have to plan like 10 moves ahead. It's true. So I think that's always worked well for me in my business. And I think now it's coming soon. So like the next plan is I'm going to like swoop up all of the like mommypreneurs under my umbrella. 
then I'm going to go after the like fearless midlife, don't dye your hair, anti-Botox craze, like push back against the influencer bullshit. And then I will retire as a humanitarian like Audrey Hepburn. Perfection. Yeah. So it's all good. Great. So no highlights then is pretty much the gist. Yeah. That's the deal. And also you'd have to have a kid. Yeah. Also on deck. Yep. But mostly just live your travel life right now. Yeah. Yes. Knock out that list. Okay. Are you going to send it to me? Yeah. I'll send it to you, which I think will also be good content. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that you've done such a good job of like creating that consistency, but I think you also have to do a good job of finding that balance that makes you want to stay in it. And I think that's what you need to lean back into, you know? Mm -hmm. I sent you the list. Okay, good. Okay. I will look, I will give you thoughts. Mm -hmm. You will go finish your launch, Mm -hmm. handle your team shit, Mm -hmm. launch this 100k thing in the next like two days Mm -hmm. and book your photo shoot yes yep do you want to know what's also going to be cool sure Mm. we'll have hit 10 million cash before then oh that's so fun i know very cool congratulations yeah so that's exciting what are you doing to celebrate that i don't know seems like a big deal Mm. yeah it'll be part of the big Look, I'm 30. I'm so cool. List. Don't dye your hair. Fuck capitalism, but not my capitalism. Not your version of it. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. Eat the rich, but not me. (laughs) (laughs) Feel like that's like a vibe and photo shoot and all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be exciting. But I think it's been cool the last couple of months just to reflect on like, we've hit three years in Scotland. We did three years in Bali, the business, milestones, Bonnie, Clyde, Paul, all of it. So it's pretty cool. So proud of you. All right. Yeah. Let me know what you're going to do for 10 million. I think you should start thinking about that. I'll look at your list. Okay. Get this shit going and I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.